Good morning. My name is Blake Haas. We are going to be looking at Ephesians 5, 17 through 33 this morning. And before we do that, let's just have a prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for the richness and the riches of your word. God, as we've read this book dozens of times and studied and looked at words and looked at structures and all the things that you've shown us, Lord, we just come closer to who you are, to your will for our life, and uh, it's just growing us closer to you. So we thank you for those insights, Lord. We thank you for your spirit who teaches us in all truth. And uh, Lord, we love you. We ask that you teach us this morning, myself included. Um, we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to look at uh, Ephesians 5.17. Um, I got tasked with this fun one about submission. I know it's a hot topic. Um, so we're going to get into that. Um, before we do, though, I would like to explore a couple metaphors that Paul um, has has really developed here in the whole book of Ephesians. So the first one I'd like to look at, and I'm going to just fly through giving scripture references, and I might touch on a word or two in that scripture, but don't feel the need to follow to each scripture because I'm going to give a lot and it's going to go fast and it's not going to be in order necessarily. But I've just aggregated a bunch of scriptures uh, based on this metaphor. So the first one is children. So when I really focused on this, God, you know, brought my attention to children, and it's all over this book. Um, and so I'm going to go pretty quickly here. Um, so six one children, two two. This is, and two two and five six. That's children of disobedience. So not only do we have the metaphor, but we also have the contrast of uh, children of God and children of disobedience. So there's a there's a a theme here. So 3 6, uh, there's heirs, and 1 14, um, there is the earnest of our inheritance. So people who get inheritance are children typically. Um, 3 15, he's got this idea of family, and so I know obviously not children, but uh, our role in the family. And later he talks about a head and father, and so he shows this family dynamic, and he also uh, even husband, wife, and, and bride, etc. So this uh, family idea. So 4.6 is father, which I just kind of said. 4.14, children. 4.15, uh, where he says grow up. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of fun. So um, grow up into all things uh, into him. So this idea of children and that we're growing. And so even in the book, we are we are children, we are adopted, uh, but Paul is also showing us that we need to, to grow up and we need to walk and to function in a certain way. And so those, those kind of things are in the end of chapter 4 and into chapter 5 and what we'll get into today. Um, 5 verse 8 is children of light, 1... Uh, verse 5 is adopted adoption of children. So 
and there might be a few more. This uh, was not necessarily an attempt to gather each instance, but uh, enough to show and to develop the the theme here. So, so I think as you know, as we say, uh, children, I think that's a great thing to say who we are. And so there's other there's other um, you know metaphors as so literal things of who we are. We are saints. We are heirs. Um, we are Christians, and but we are also, and, and what I'm highlighting today here is we are children. Um, so obviously a, a big question there is, is children of who? Who is our dad? So again, we see in a couple instances there's children of disobedience, and there are lists and things that those children do. Um, there's also uh, the children of God, and there are things that those do, speak the truth in love, bear with one another, um, you know, and in, in what we see today, and we'll get into that again later, uh, which are the different relationships between husband and wife, father, son, um, and, and, and et cetera, but those are things that the children of God do. Um, so that's one uh, one metaphor. Um, another one is, and I'm kind of going to do the same format. I'll keep going through the the two, or the, excuse me, the three, and then the third one will tie right into the the scripture for today. So the second one is unity, and kind of with that is, is body. So obviously one body, uh, whether it be us as individuals, we only have one, or as he's talking about in the book, uh, there's one body of Christ. Um, so that's a little bit. Uh, you know, chapter chapter two, chapter four, he talks about that. So I'll give you some verses here. Uh, chapter four, verse one, it says the call, the the vocation. Um, what is that call? Well, he talks about it uh, in chapter two. He says that the the Gentiles will be fellow heirs, partakers of the promise with uh, the Jews, which the, those who are near to the promise. So he's saying the two become one body. I'll, I'll keep going. 4 verse 3, unity of the Spirit. 4 uh, verse 15 and 16 um, says, Speaking the truth in love that may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Um, All things grow up into him. So that's one. That's unified um, who is the head. And so Verse 16, keep going. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part. So he says it right here. I mean, uh, the whole body fitly joined together. Um, So there's your unity. There's your body. Uh, One, uh, verse 10, says, gather together in one all things. One, 22 and 23, says... Get back there. Has and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So I was thinking about that a little bit. I'll, I'll pause on my list and give you a breather from flipping back and forth. And but I was thinking about that and. You know, we have a lot of different denominations and, and ideas, beliefs, and theologies and, and, and all that. But, you know, obviously I don't read that here. I read one body. Um, and he says, 
which is his body, or sorry, verse 22, put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And so, you know, when we have these different ideas and denominational things, and I know they at some point maybe meant well, but it, one thing that is undoubted, out, un, undoubtedly clear is that there is division. And I just... I just don't see that here, and I, I think what we, you know, obviously got to get to is what is that? What's that commonality? And if if Christ is our head, and if we have the Holy Spirit, there's only, as he says in verse uh, chapter four, there, there's one Spirit, there's one body, um, and so this is part of, of building this wave of momentum and this theme when he gets to how we should act and how we should be in authority and submission. Because if you think like about a literal body, about your body, you have a head, of course, and hopefully, and <laughs> and you have, uh, you know, your different body parts, your arms, your legs, your etc., fingers. If you're sitting there thinking, I'd like to eat right now, but your hands don't obey, you could maybe do it, but it might be less than ideal, or it might be difficult, it might be impossible. You'd like to walk and your legs say, I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to do that. Then you're just not going to go anywhere. And so I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you put it into the body of Christ, it really doesn't. It actually sounds like exactly what's happening. And so if God gives a mandate by his spirit or, or speaks to us by his spirit, by speaks to his body and says, hey, I want you to do this whether it's love your neighbor, whether it's, you know, give the money, whatever it is, if part of our body says, that sounds great, let's go, the other part says, no, I'm not doing that, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And I know that's really easy to say and really hard to do when we talk about some of the detailed things and but I just want to bring that idea to light here. We understand it when I gave the example of, you know, eating food or walking. If your body doesn't cooperate with your head, it's just not going to go well. And But when we get into that bigger picture of the church and when there's different churches and different countries and languages and denominations, it gets a lot more complicated because it's bigger, a lot more moving parts. And so just really want to maybe bring us back to center to say, look, what is the unity that he's talking about? And uh, some of that's going to get into later this morning and into the verses for today, which I know I haven't gotten to yet. Um, so I'll keep going on this unity body. Um, chapter 2, verse 14, he says he made both one. Verse 15, one new man. Verse 16, chapter 2, reconciled both to God in one body. Um, verse 18, chapter 2, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Two twenty-one says, this is awesome, I love this. It says, in whom the whole building fitly framed together grows to a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So, you see body and unity. And uh, it says we are built as a habitation for God. 
you know, we, we I think the phrase it's th- been thrown around for a long time is body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that, that sounds good. And I think we've all been very familiar with that. But I think this has at least got to be partially where that comes from. But what does it look like to be a vessel, to be a habitation uh, of God? So, and Paul talks all about that. These things aren't right for, for those who are, are Christians, and these things are. And so he gets into those things. But um, anyway, keep going. 3, verse 6. Uh, see, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So again, uh, same body. Uh, 3, verse 9. He says... He says, uh, this is Paul talking about himself, he says, that I may, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Um, so, so to make men, to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery. And so, um, I looked up that word fellowship, and uh, actually I don't have my note, but there's something good there. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I really did. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep going. So three, verse fifteen, of whom the whole family in heaven, uh, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So again, unity, body, whole family. We all are named together. So, all right. So that kind of hopefully shows you the unity of the body. And that's what I would kind of sum up as, as a, a little bit of the what. So the children are the who. We are children. Uh, what, what are we? Well, we are a body. Um, we are to be unified. That's what. Um, let's go on to the verses for today. And... Uh, that is, I'm going to kind of jump ahead, and that's going to be some of, if not a lot of, the how. So how do we do this? How do we work together? How do we function together as one body? We're all a bunch of children, and some are older, some are younger, some are, you know, and, and I love this part in chapter 4, he says, and, you know, when he says some to be apostles, prophets, and he says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until or till we all come to the unity of the faith. So we're all at different stages uh, of, of growing up into that unity of the faith. Um, and so hopefully you have people in your life, uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, to help you grow up. Not just uh, pastors and teachers, but hopefully you have some of those other giftings in your life as well, because they are vital. Um, so anyway, uh, that's that. So sorry, I'm you know bounce around a little bit. So let's look at the verses for today. Chapter five, uh, verse twenty-one. Um, I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to go somewhat quickly, and then we'll talk about it. So uh, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. 
Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. A lot there, and it's so good, um, so rich. And again, just want to maybe step back from just getting a list of things to do uh, and to you know kind of check some boxes. Um, and I w- really want to talk about kind of the heart of it a bit, which I've already set up uh, so far this morning, hopefully a bit. Um, and then we can get into some of those details. But so again, the theme kind of looking at this is the authority, the submission. Obviously, you see submission and, you know, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives and children, parents. You see those different relationships that he's talking about. And so, you know, there's I've heard, you know, a few messages on this, and I know it's kind of a, a tough subject, and, and I think people's minds, when they hear the word submit, they kind of think, you know, like a tyrant and a, and a slave and, and those kind of relationships, and Let's just avoid the extremes for a minute and let's get comfortable looking at what it actually is. And we would agree that we're not talking about, you know, a tyrant and a dictator and and things of that nature. So let's just leave that and let's look at what what it is that we're talking about. So and that Paul's talking about. So Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So I think that's a great heading. Um, so it goes both ways. It goes always. Submitting, you know, husbands to wives, wives to husbands, you know, brother to brother. Um, submit, submit yourselves one to another. Um, and the importance is, is again, what he's saying. Uh, we're all children. We're all the same body. Um, we're all in this thing together. And, and not only that, but we're all in it for uh, the edification of Christ. So when we grow up into the, you know, the fullness, which is what it talks about, of the body of Christ, we look like Christ. We act, we talk, we walk, we don't do, we do the things that Jesus would do. And so one cool thing that God showed me, so Jesus said, I only do the things that I hear, or sorry, I only say the things that I hear my Father saying, I only do the things I see him doing. And so we see in the person of Jesus walking on this earth that he was the manifestation of God the Father. So he said to the disciples, 
How is it that you have been with me, you've seen me, and you say, show us the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen him. Basically, I'm him. We're together. We're one. When, when I do it, that's coming from him. And so what's the point? The point is, is well, Jesus has left the earth. He's now, as it said, in us. Spirit's in us. We are the... Uh, the building, the habitation of Christ. So we as a body should be of the same mind which is of the Lord, which he says in Philippians, but that we should only do what we see God doing. We should only say what we see him, what we hear him say. And so how do we do that? Well, part of it is submitting one to another. Do you want to be right all the time? Or do you want to, as it says, keep... uh, Keep the bond of peace. Um, what did it say? Sorry, guys. I'm uh, going all over the place here. Keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Part of that, keeping the peace, submitting one to another. So, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. And so, I, I know this is a tough, you know, kind of tough thing and, and all that, but if you think about it, there, there's a hierarchy. So, so Jesus said, "I only, I only do the things I see my Father doing," and he, you know, he said, "Look, I only say these things. I'm here to do God's will. God told me what to do. He sent me. I'm doing it." And we're supposed to be of the same mind, which is, I'm just doing what our Lord. That's what that means. Lord tells me what to do. And so, well, what about when we get to the body, the body of Christ that's here? What is the order? What's the rank in the body? Well, he lays it out here. And so he says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband, for the husband is the head of the wife. I know that's tough, but I think we've all seen, or it can be tough, but I think it's only tough because it's viewed in error. And so what I mean is that is that when you understand the order, when you understand how God does it, this has nothing to do with value. This has to do with order. Think about a company. Think about a sports team. Think about the military. There's order. Somebody, the coach, the CEO, the, the president or general, they are given the big picture direction. And if the rest of the, the team, the military, the company, if they don't follow then it's disorder. It's not unified. It's chaos. And so the order is is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So uh, man, wife, husband, wife, male, um, and children. And so what's interesting is, is you know, as, as a man... I can be both the husband as well as a child to God. So I got it both ways. I'm listening, of course, as hopefully everyone else is, and I'm following, you know, orders from from God. Um, but in the context of marriage, and there there are going to be things where it, it's up to the husband set set the tempo, set the tone. And uh, now that may be uncomfortable, but hold on. Here's the point. Here's how do you set the tone? Well, 
Therefore, as Christ is sub, or therefore, as the church is subject to to Christ, so let wives be subject to their own, or to their husbands in in everything. Um, hold on. Sorry, I'm getting there. I'm jumping ahead, but it says, continue in 25. Husbands, love your own wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. That's where I was going. So if you say, hey, I'm the head here. I'm in charge. Well, here's how Christ led. He gave himself up. And uh, that's how we're here today. That's what love looks like. That doesn't mean a doormat. That Jesus wasn't a doormat. He wasn't a pushover. He spoke the truth in love. He said, again, what he heard God saying, and a lot of people didn't like that. So he wasn't a doormat. He wasn't passive. He wasn't weak. He was strong. He is strong. But he led in love, and he served, and he served so much that he gave himself up to dying to a shameful death. And that's what it talks about the Philippians 2, that awesome passage there where he says he uh, gave himself up and then, you know, humbled himself to dying on a cross. So husbands, be careful. Make sure you understand what's happening here. There is a great responsibility. Yes, you're the head. If you want to function like Jesus, you got to give yourself up. You have to have wisdom to know when to lead, when to follow, when to speak, when to not. And wives, I think what he's saying here to the wives is, is um, submit yourselves. And, and, and that's hard sometimes because sometimes a husband or, or is not always looking and acting like Jesus. And I know it's hard. Um, but honestly, that's, that's, it's between you and God how you respond to that. And, and it's between him and God how he, he's going to deal. Um, he's going to, you know, be and lead you and the family. So anyway, uh, coming, coming short on time here, I I hope you kind of heard, heard some of the point. And, um, and so I'll just continue on a few more verses, but. So he goes on to say, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And so, again, we're all trying to grow up, and not, of course, of our own effort, but growing up into the unity. Um, and so this is how, how part of this happens, this submission, this being one and, and loving and serving, um, wives submitting, husbands loving. Uh, that we uh, that we might grow up, and so in verse 27, that he might present to himself a glorious church. That's what he's saying. That's what Paul's saying: that you grow up into the unity of the faith. Uh, that he might that uh, he might present to himself. It's God's glory. It's God's work that he's building us all up, and that he's bringing us to the unity of the faith uh, and to the fullness of of who he is. And so that he might present to himself: we're the bride of Christ. We are the church. So he wants a he wants um a mature bride. He wants a bride. Think about this for a second. <laughs> Jesus, the savior of the world, 
Think about this in kind of human terms, how you look for your bride or how you look for your husband. You need a match. You need a fit. You can't be super strong Christian, not a Christian, or barely a Christian. Or, or What about the the bride for our Savior? What's what's that got to look like? That that can't be some weak, weak, passive bride. That's got to be a strong, you know, full full bride here. So think about think about what he's wanting, what he what he would require. You can't be married to <laughs> Sunday only Christians. You know what I mean? And so anyway. I'm not going to get through the end necessarily, but uh, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself. So I think I've, in a roundabout way, kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, Again, not going to get through the whole thing. I hope you saw, and I'll just recap real quick. Um, So we're children. We're children. That's who we are. What are we? Well, we're we're the body. And we should be unified just as a physical body. It's one. It's kind of weird if there's an arm that's disconnected and over there. And a, We need to be unified as the body. That's what we are. Now, how do we do it? Submit ourselves one to another. Submit ourselves first and foremost to God. Is there anything that God is telling you to do that you need to do? Be in line and submission with God first. Be in submission with your, your relationships on earth. Uh, as well. So I just pray that this, um, I'll finish with this verse. It says, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet spelling savor. Uh, savor. Father, I thank you for this word. I just ask that you speak to us, that you bless us, Lord, um, and that you do the work. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus